0: What's up, everybody, and welcome in to bet to win on a Tuesday here at the Blue Wire Studios at the Win Las Vegas. Tuesday edition because I was traveling back from Seattle on Monday, a big weekend for your boy. It was so much fun. I went back to Seattle and drove to Eastern Washington for a golf tournament at Gamble Sands. If you haven't played Gamble Sands, it's hard to get to because it's in Brewster, which is kind of near Lake Chelan, popular uh, vacation spot in Washington. But it's a Link-style course. It is immaculate. It's the number two ranked public course in Washington, behind uh, behind Chambers Bay. Chambers Bay, obviously, a U.S. Open site, but Gamble Sands is just as impressive, if not more so. What's neat is that the course designer built it to where most course designers will talk about wanting to make it as hard as possible for the best players in the world. Well, this course was designed to be um, where every single player, no matter what their talent level is, could go and have fun and potentially shoot a career best. Open fairways, uh, fairways and greens that roll towards the target where you're trying to be. Um, but it's spectacular. It's on a bluff overlooking the Columbia River. It's spectacular. Anyways, a two day, two day, or two day, two man best ball tournament. Um, me and my buddy finished fifth. There were four of us out there. The other uh, two guys that we were with won the whole dang thing. Um, it was a really good time. Uh, I shot back to back 78, so feel pretty good about that in tournament golf. Um, and it was a ton of fun. Uh, overall, we were minus three gross. Winners were minus 10 gross, which was our buddies. Um, one of my buddies was absolutely lights out. He had 17 birdies over two days, Kevin Knox. Shout out to him. Um, anyways, it was a blast. That's why I'm back here on a Tuesday. Um, lots to discuss. Uh, a couple NFL headlines I want to go through and then going to continue our. Futures preview in the NFL with the AFC North. Run through what those four teams during this uh, did during this offseason and where maybe you can find some value in the futures market. Um, but first, I've got a victory lap to hold. Last Thursday, I took uh, Astros-Yankees in Game 2 of their doubleheader over 8. And that went over 8 in about the fourth inning. 7-5 was the final. An easy, over, sweat-free winner, which we love. Going to get a little bit more ambitious with my winning pick here in this episode, but looking to make it two winning picks uh, and two victories in a row. Let's get to the NFL headlines. A couple of big ones. Kyler Murray signs his contract extension, five years, $230 million, Quarter of a billion dollars. And as you've seen, as you've heard, of course, there's been 24 hours of talking head commentary on this. All of it very apt and appropriate because... Both Kyler and the Cardinals deserve roasting for this one. Um, There was an independent study addendum added to this contract, the first of its kind requiring him to put in four additional hours of film study per week on his own time. Let me say that again. An independent study addendum requiring that Kyler Murray put in four extra hours of film study per week. He admitted to the New York Times last year that he doesn't do a lot of film study because he feels like he's just got the mind where he can see it in front of him and diagnose it all. So it's not even something he can really hide from. But obviously, it's a concern of the Cardinals. Otherwise, they're not putting this into the contract. And they must have said, you're not getting this without it. But it's awfully embarrassing if you're Kyler Murray to have this leak. And now be out in the public eye where every player in the NFL, every agent, every team exec, every fan sees you be, having your hand held like you're a child. It's a terrible look for both them and the team. The team, I understand, I guess you're between a rock and a hard place. You you can't not pay him. You made him the first overall pick. And clearly there were a number of issues during the offseason, the saga that that had Kyler Murray and his agent releasing a huge statement on social media. Or when he scrubbed his Instagram of everything Cardinals related. Certainly, their relationship has seen merrier times. But with training camp here, they didn't have a choice. They need him under contract. They need him on the field. But after what you saw last year, where they lose four of their last six. They had a stranglehold in the NFC West and blow it. They lose a game to the Detroit Lions. They get embarrassed in the postseason. I'm not sure how you have any faith in that team bouncing back and potentially competing for an NFC West crown this year. And that's when we were doing our divisional previews. We started with the NFC West, and I said, I'm a full fade of the Arizona Cardinals. I think it's possible, if you can bet it, Bet the Seahawks to finish third in the division over the Cardinals. It's just, I'm glad I'm not a Cardinals fan, and I feel bad for those who are, but uh, their childish quarterback needs an independent study addendum attached to his contract because they don't have enough faith that he's going to put the work in during the week. Imagine being an NFL quarterback, making a quarter of a billion dollars, and your team doesn't trust you to put the work in on your own time because you're too obsessed playing video games. I don't know if and you've heard stories. I have heard stories that he's not super well liked in the locker room. I don't know. It makes sense. Is that the leader you want making a quarter of a billion dollars and you think this guy is going to carry our franchise to a Super Bowl? I don't know. I'm selling hard on both him and Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals as a whole. Um, one other contract to note, Julio Jones, this on Tuesday, going to the Bucks. Going to finish his career with Tom Brady, assuming this is his last year. It might not be. Julio Jones didn't do much with the Tennessee Titans. And I don't think it's fair to expect much of him with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But when you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you don't need a whole lot from Julio. Numbers last year, he only played 10 games with the Titans. 31 catches on 48 targets, 434 yards and a touchdown. Never been a guy who has historically scored a bunch of touchdowns, only one season with double-digit touchdowns. Always been a monster yard yardage guy, receptions, all of that. Two-time All-Pro, uh, six-time, seven-time Pro Bowler. But why not? If you're the Bucs, there's nothing to lose. If he sucks, then you play Scotty Miller, whoever else on the roster. It don't matter. I love it. And I also don't mind Julio going ring chasing. Heck, Tom Brady broke his heart in the 28-3 game when Atlanta should have won that Super Bowl. Matt Ryan's MVP season, uh, Kyle Shanahan's final season before departing for the San Francisco 49ers for that head coaching gig. I love it across the board. It's a zero-risk play for the Bucs. It's an all-upside play for Julio. And why can't Julio have one or two or three Signature moments, even if it's a clutch third down reception or one clutch touchdown. Zero downside move. And I honestly love when I see vets go ring chasing. You say, hey, I've made my money, but I haven't gotten the ultimate prize. And man, I'd like to retire. And in Julio Jones' case, be enshrined in Canton, Ohio as a Hall of Famer with a ring on my finger. Let's get to the AFC North. Uh, a team that the Bucs will be playing, or a conference, or not a conference, a division the Bucks will be playing uh, this season as the AFC North plays the AFC East and the NFC South. Here are the team totals. Bengals at 9.5, Ravens at 9.5, Steelers at 7.5, Browns are off the board uh, for the most part. Uh, you can find 8.5 across other shops um, outside of WinBet. This division in general was just really hard to project, and I don't know how you put a confident future in without knowing the situation with Deshaun Watson. Is it going to be four games, six games, a full season? That changes when you're trying to get to 10 wins. If you're the Bengals and the Ravens, whether or not you are playing Deshaun Watson twice makes a difference in terms of your confidence of making that bet. Odds to win the AFC North, Ravens at plus 130, Bengals at plus 185, Browns at plus 320, Steelers at 10 to 1. Odds to win the AFC, Bengals at 10, Ravens at 10, Browns at 12, and Steelers at 30 to 1 in the Super Bowl. Ravens and Bengals uh, both at 20, Browns at 25, Steelers at 75. So, what this tells you off the top is that while the Bengals should still be one of the better teams in the AFC, the Ravens and the fact that Ravens had enough, as much success as they did a year ago, given all the injuries Marcus Peters, J.K. Dobbins, So many others. Those guys are coming back now. The one issue I have with the Ravens, uh, again, real quick so I don't forget, going back to the standings, they won eight games last year with all of the turmoil they went through. Um, It makes sense why shops aren't going to give out a ton of value on the Ravens team that's consistently in the mix. And a Bengals team that, yeah, they did it once, can they do it again? in what is a loaded AFC in general, where all the elite quarterbacks seem to be in the AFC. And you play the NFC South, no slouches. I think Carolina's going to be competitive with Baker Mayfield. Uh, they were competitive, with, for the most part, with Sam Darnold last year. The Bucks are the favorite in the NFC. The Saints should be right there as a playoff team, should expect to be a wild-card team behind the Bucs. Uh, and the Falcons, one of the worst teams in football. So that's, you would hope a freebie for all of these teams in the division, except for maybe Pittsburgh. I don't think I'm touching. I don't think I'm touching any of the overs in terms of nine and a half and seven and a half. Not without knowing what's happening with the John Watson running through some uh, of the offseason moves for each team. The Bengals, the best thing they did this off-season was adding to their offensive line because uh, Joe Burrow sacked seventy times over the course of last season. Playoffs included fifty-one if you just conclude the regular season, but they signed Leo Collins from the Cowboys, Alex Kappa from Tampa Bay, and Ted Karras uh, from New England. Um, I love the move. Uh, CJ Uzama is gone, but they replaced him with Hayden Hurst. I really like Uzama, but Hayden Hurst is just fine, more than adequate. Um, The big storyline here is Jesse Bates on a franchise tag. Is he going to play this year? Yeah, you love what you saw all last year from the Bengals and certainly an offense with Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, uh, Rashad or uh, T. Higgins, um, Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd, you expect them, once again, to be one of the best offenses in football. So I get it if you like it. Tens just a lot. Um, And I don't like not knowing what's happening with Deshaun Watson. With the Ravens, um, I'm just curious what happens at wide receiver. I love them trading away Hollywood Brown for a first-round pick. I don't think Marquise Brown was worth that. Now, especially as you see in Arizona, uh, starting on NFI with a hamstring injury, not participating at the onset of camp in Arizona, it's, it's, Rashad, it's Rashad Bateman season, I guess. He had a good rookie season and he had 46 catches for 515 yards and a touchdown. I can tell you right now, he is going to, uh, to be a fantasy darling in drafts in terms of a guy who's going far above what his production has ever been. It's going to be a pure projection pick. But they did draft him in the first round of last year's draft, 27th overall out of Minnesota, and he flashed and had some big-time moments. So now you expect it to be him and Mark Andrews compared to just Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, but it's thin behind him. It's Rashad Bateman, who played 12 games last year. Um, He's got to stay healthy. Behind him, it's James Prochet, another 2021 draft pick, and then Devin Duvernay, who's more of a special teams guy than he is truly a down-to-down receiver. The big thing is you you anticipate getting J.K. Dobbins back does wonders for their running game, uh, and you hope. Marcus Peters coming back does wonders for their defense. Um, You love them getting uh, in the second round uh, of the draft uh, linebacker. Why can't I think of his name? Um, David Ajabo. There we go. Um, A guy who fell because of the Achilles injury he suffered. He obviously won't be there this season moving forward. I don't know. I like the Ravens. Um, Again, I'm just not betting the nine and a half. Uh, The Browns. Great trade, fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper. Great value there. Um, But it all comes down, I have no idea how many games Deshaun Watson's going to play, which I just don't want to tell you that I'm dying on the hill of a pick when I don't believe in it. And so I know it sounds wishy-washy, but Deshaun Watson, a top-five quarterback in the entire NFL when he's healthy and playing, so if he's healthy and playing, it changes the entire landscape of the division, given the Browns' still have Nick Chubb at running back, still have a talented offensive line, and their defense is one of the best and deepest in all of football, led by Miles Garrett. I think if I'm going to take a bet here, I'm taking the Steelers under seven and a half wins. I understand they were passable last year with Ben Roethlisberger, and you could say any quarterback with a working arm is a better option. But they ain't getting to nine wins again. I don't think they're getting to eight. I'm selling on Mitch Trubisky. Or if they have Kenny Pickett, first quarterback drafted off the board, I don't think he's going to start. But if he does go in, not expecting to be a plug and play star. I don't know where the Steelers really got better. Because de- It's not like their defense was incredible last year. really struggled to stop the run. So I think my best bet in this division is Steelers under 7.5 wins. Let's get to a promo. Win bets. Bet 50, win 200. Promo is still running. New win bet users can receive $200 in free bets after they make their first qualifying deposit and place their first bet on win bet. Once that bet is settled, uh, they will receive... Four installments of $50 free bets. Go to winbet.com or download the winbet app for official rules and details. It's winning pick time. Almost nearing the end of July. I'm down a half a unit on Strictly Juice. Trying to get into the black here with this one and go 4-3 and for the month of July. Got a little Tuesday, two late. MLB parlay. First five action. I'm going Braves. First five money line against the Phillies. Padres. First five minus a half. Against the Tigers, I am banking big time on star rookie uh, Spencer Strider for the Phillies, a Phillies team that ranks 21st in WRC plus. That's Wade runs created against right-handed pitching in July. They also rank in the top five in strikeout rate at over 25% against righties in uh, July. No strikeout artist hotter right now than Spencer Strider of the Braves. Uh, Padres, first five. I'm not going money line there. I'm going to take the the extra, you know, boost the parlay a bit more and take the minus half a run where they have to win the first five. Ti- the Tigers are just woeful offensively. 29th in WRC plus against right-handed pitching in July. And Mike Clevenger, I just expect him to dominate. Again, Braves, first five money line at the Phillies. Padres, first five minus a half against the Tigers. That is plus 250 on win bet. That's going to do it for this episode on Thursday. We're going to bring Nick Davis back to talk UFC. Also preview another division in the AFC as we continue our run around the NFL, talking the futures market with football season upon us. Training camps have begun. I'm sure there'll be more headlines to discuss. We'll see you Thursday right here on bet to win.